the factory website that goes out, it puts a perception in people's minds that, oh, it's just a website. Well, what do you mean you started 40,000? It's just a website. That bothers me. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Ken Braun, co-founder of Lounge Lizard Worldwide, a full-service web development and digital marketing agency with offices in New York, Nashville, and Washington, D.C. Ken's a creative serial entrepreneur who started his advertising career on Madison Avenue. He came up with the Ocean Spray slogan, Crave the Wave, and Jose Cuervo's The Republic of Cuervo Gold, A Nation of Untamed Spirits. How? Why? He's got stories, a lot of them. Ken, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So you founded Lounge Lizard, uh, co-founded Lounge Lizard in 1998 with your wife. Correct. Within a year... You are a million-dollar company, and to date, you've generated almost $50 million. That's correct, Carl. This was, this was, you know, you founded this company almost 25 years ago. What was the impetus behind this? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, at the time that we started, uh, it was kind of the dot-com boom. It was the craze, mm-hmm. you know, and, know. You know, and uh, 21-year-olds were being made millionaires because they were being funded by venture capital Wall Street for their ideas for bread.com or whatever you want to call it, paper.com. It was pretty crazy time. Um, And at that time, I was working at an agency as a creative director, um, heading up their um, advertising division. They brought me in because of my background. My background was Madison Avenue creative, creating, you know, big brands. And at the agency, no one really knew how to do what was then banner ads, which is the form of advertising. Nobody knew how to do that. Um, they were just doing, you know, you know, catch the monkey, the monkey ball, all these crazy things that web guys are doing. Um, so they brought in me, you know, more of a branding guy, an advertising agency guy, you know. If you watch Mad Men, that's kind of like what I did my, my entire life. So I came mm-hmm. in and I built up the uh, online advertising division of, of K2. You know, they went public. And that, when I was, the aha moment kind of came to me. The aha moment was, hey, I can do this. You know, I could write copy. I could write headlines. I could design. I could animate these banner ads. Hey, you know what? I'm going to put up a website. Let me see if I get some freelance work. So I did. I did. Um, and there's a gentleman by the name of Andrew Keeler. Um, who, we were outsourcing banner ad production. He was probably making about five or 6000 a month from us alone. And he came into New York to meet with me. I was you know, a big client uh, at K2. Gave him a lot of work. And I said, Andrew, how do you get your business? And he's really laid back, dude. And he's like, Ken, he's like, dude, bannertips.com. I'm the only guy there. $50 a month. That's it. And I get business from around the world doing banner ads. And I'm making about $350,000. And this is 1997. So mm-hmm. I was like, aha. That was my aha moment. Okay, the aha mm-hmm. moment of, I guess, uh, you know, a convergence of capitalism and entrepreneurialism coming in together and capturing a moment that I just heard. 
So the next day I called in sick, Carol, and I went out to, uh, <laughs> I live in Long Island, and I went out to Riverhead, and I needed a company, mm-hmm. a DBA. So I needed a name, Lounge Lizard. Why Lounge Lizard? Well, one of my favorite jobs, Carol, was years ago um, when I was heading up Jose Cuervo and doing liquor advertising. I had so much fun with that. So, and at the time, big agencies were coming out, Razorfish, Blue Marble, Blue Dingle, all these really wacky and crazy names. So I'm like, Lounge Lizard, and I'm going to go out and get liquor business, which 25 years later, still haven't done it, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. So started the company, contacted bannertips.com, said, yeah, sure, we have a spot available. Well, there's only one. It was Andrew. So I went up. I gave him the 50 bucks, and about three days, I started getting inquiries, Carol, from Cape Town, South Africa, a company called VR Services, and they said, hey, we, we, we saw your uh, your portfolio online at Lounge Lizard. I think at the time it was graphics. I couldn't, the dot-com wasn't available. I had to buy that years down the line for like five grand. Um, so they're like, we need high-performing banner ads to drive traffic to online casinos to get people to to gamble. So they tried me out with a, you know, a batch of banner ads, and they outperformed. The industry average, I think at the time, was about 3%. They were getting 12 15% because of, wow, the, cre- that's impressive. Because of yeah. the creativity in these banner ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Carol, I was doing these on the train to my commute to New York City from Long Island. I was cranking out these banner ads. And, you know, the first month was about 5000 Next, about ten. All of a sudden, 15 20 Then my wife, Sharon, like, you know, you're making a now 25000 a month doing banner ads. You're doing them on the train. You're taking three-hour lunches. You don't care if you get fired because you're making all this money. You're coming home. You're working all night, right? Talking to Cape Town, South Africa, two o'clock in the morning. I think this is a business. I think you know you got to go. For, you know, got to go for this. So I started thinking about maybe this is going to be a business. You know, a freelance gig turned to a business. So what I started doing is um, I'm a big believer in online advertising only if it re- produces ROI, return on ad spend. Right. Not so. I started buying up all the banner ad space on BannerTips.com. I bought. Out all the inventory, and of course, Andrew called me and said, "He's like, dude, what are you doing? Like I told you about this thing, and like you're all over the place." So I did that, and it just absolutely exploded. It exploded. Now I'm still working, and in fact, um, there's an agency going public called IXL. They wanted to bring me up over the associate creative director, and I I lasted about a week. I was burnt out, Carol, absolutely burnt out, and now. I'm getting business from around the world, like literally around the world. And then all of a sudden I get a call from Konica Minolta. And they're like, hey, can you come to New Jersey tomorrow for a meeting? Now I'm like, oh, this whole virtual thing, now I have to actually go meet. And Sharon's like, you know what? Quit your job. You're making money. You know, you're always doing the pitch, man. You know, you're, you're winning big business for these agencies. You'll you'll do pretty well on your own. Let's, let's, let's go for it. And we made the the decision to quit the job and go for this thing called lounge lizard. Mm-hmm. Ken, did you have any sort of a non-compete? A non-compete? Uh, I did not have a non-compete. I did not have a non-compete uh, with the agency I was at. And mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. the business that I generated was was my own through online. Okay. Through online I'm just work. wondering if they, if they, you know, no. if they had a tantrum when they no, found out you were actually, leaving and starting your own business. Uh, no, that, um, Carol, they were actually happy for me. Um, they were two friends of mine. We were actually friends. Um, yeah, so we were friends. They were actually very, very happy for me and extremely supportive. 
Mm -hmm. So you've bootstrapped this whole thing. Has there ever been a time where you considered, you know, I'd like to grow this bigger and, you know, to do that, you know, do I want to take outside investment? Well, we were approached. Um, When we came on the scene, um, there was a couple agencies that wanted us to go away, uh, that wanted Mm -hmm. to buy us right away. And because we were getting all the business. You're doing something right. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, so we got knocks on the door. Literally someone actually walked into our office and said, listen, we want to buy you. Come work, come work for us. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because we were winning all the business. So, you know, at that time we were organically growing and it was Mm -hmm. growing at a a very fast rate. So I didn't want to sell myself short and I really wanted to give this thing a go. So no, I said no to all venture capital. I said no to private investors. I said no to being acquired. Okay. And you haven't looked back? Uh, no, Carol. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Your business is super competitive. What sets you apart from, you know, the red ocean <laughs> of, of blood? Sure. Um, it's highly competitive. Um, there's... There's, I call it, there's uh, about three different levels of, you know, web businesses that are out there that do websites and and digital marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's firms that specialize in small business um, for very low affordable rates for, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars. You can get a website, a thousand dollars a month. You get some marketing, five hundred dollars a month. And that's fantastic. Um, Then there's the large ones that won't talk to you unless you have about a, a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So we are, I've actually, we've carved out a niche um, in the boutique era, in, in the boutique category, the boutique category where we're not cheap. We're not super duper expensive, but we're really, but we are expensive. We are, we actually, we are most, mo, we are pretty expensive. Land Desert is expensive because it's a high quality product. It's kind of like, you know, when you buy your shirt, you know, there's certain folks that will buy a shirt, they'll go to, you know, Kmart, which is fine, or Marshall's great, Macy's. But then there's a category of people that want a shirt at Saks Fifth Avenue and will pay a 300 mm-hmm. bucks. So we're mm-hmm. a high-end design boutique um, and we've carved that niche out. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really been our niche uh, mm-hmm. from uh, from day one. So what what size organizations tend to hire you? Sure, that's uh, great. So we get very large companies, uh, Fortune 100 enterprise levels that will, we will not get agency of record because we're too small. You know, we're about 50 people. Um, but they will come to us because their big agency is, too, is just dragging their feet. Right. There's too many right. bureaucratic layers. It takes Very forever. They're like, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, we need like a little resize of something for 10 grand or um, they want agile, quick, and also top Madison Avenue agency level creative. They'll come to right. lounges because they can get it quicker. And then the um, mid-size, mid-cap, mid-cap is a sweet spot, um, you know, for us. And once in a while, we do get startups that are um, venture capital um, funded, mm-hmm. that, funded. Yep. that can afford that can afford us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've talked a lot about you know uh, being expensive and affordable. What are your? How do you charge? Oh, uh, sure. So um, I guess for websites, we charge um, a, a fixed rate um, based on the scope of the project. Uh, we mm-hmm. do have minimums. Um, you know, we we started forty thousand for a website, and and here's the thing: 
I hate the word website, Carol. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. So a website is a very commoditized kind of a word, yeah. right? It's very commoditized. Right. So mm. what we bring to, to the table of value mm-hmm. is really capturing the brand of the company, the brand voice, the storytelling mm-hmm. of the brand, and, and then taking that and then turning that into ownable, memorable visuals, right? And then ducktailing in smart conversion funnels for direct response generation. So we have the brand storytelling, right? Sep- the differentiation of the brand, the voice. We have mm-hmm. smart funnels that'll take end customers on the website, create the emotional connection and bring them through a click funnel that is a business objective of what that business needs from that individual persona or that vertical market, and then create call to actions to make sure that we're getting the conversion that is smart. So so you have all of that in a blender, and it's a very Mm -hmm. high-end product versus just getting a WordPress template, throwing up a website. I just that we you know we're we're not we're not in that camp and 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 it is it is a, it is a place for it which is great mm-hmm. that's just not what we do and what our value proposition is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so is it typically people who already have a website and want it completely redone is it somebody you know like you said startups who are starting with their very first one and they don't have the engineers to build this you know themselves uh, sure. So from the startup perspective, it's a br- it's about hey, we need help crafting what who we are and our brand, right, the brand voice, the story brand, the story yeah, of right. brand. Absolutely, Carol. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of times, you know, they're coming into the market against some fierce competition. So we'll do a little bit of competitive reverse. I call it reverse engineering of of what their strategy is, their communication strategy is, what their direct response strategy is, what their value proposition is. And then what we'll do is with that new brand, we will help them craft their brand voice so that they can stand out, you know, as kind of like the new kid on the mm-hmm. bo- on the block. Right. And then, you know, for the large companies, they always have a website. They always have something going on. And a lot of the large companies, the website is kind of managed by the IT, uh, you know, people. So it's right. lo- it kind of yeah. loses, Carol, the little lackluster yeah. of clunky yeah the, <laughs> the marketing pizzazz uh-huh. and a lot of times they're really not looking at conversion metrics so we'll go in there and we'll put a tool like hot jar on there we'll see how users are using the website we'll ask the client what is their what is the purpose and goal of the website as far as conversions we'll mm-hmm. look at some data analytics we'll measure that and then we'll come to them with a plan and say hey we can improve the conversion uh, metrics with some conversion rate optimization strategies, um, you know, to meet those to meet those goals, and and also, you know, a lot of times we'll uncover opportunities for search engines you know, optimization. A lot of a lot of uh, companies are not capitalizing on content. I mean, the Google algorithm today needs content. Yeah, sure. No, listen, I've got a guy that does that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like the 300 word article. It's like 2000 words, you know, of relevancy. So we, we, you know, with no matter what size company we work with, Carol, we try to provide value, value that is going to actually help the business grow. Yeah. Yep. 
obviously you do digital marketing. Is is does most of your business come from inbound? Uh, yes, um, most of it comes from our own organic search. Um, we have an actual an SEO team on staff, and they work. They've been working real hard. Um, and most, I would say about 70% of our leads, we get probably at least 250 a month, uh, wow. uh, in inbound leads, mm-hmm. not all the folks can, or it's a good fit. You know, a lot of them are looking for a website or some branding for a couple thousand dollars and, um, and that, and that's okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll refer that out to other, other folks, uh, or try to give some advice to, you know, someone that's just starting out, um, and put them on their way to the right path. Um, and then the other comes from you know, a lot of directories, um, advertising, you know, there's a lot of directories out there that have obtained number one, number two, number three spots when you're looking mm-hmm. for a website design company or digital marketing agency. Right. Uh, and they're a little bit, they're a little bit of the mob. Um, you know, because they have the number one rankings and they can charge pretty much whatever they want. Um, and you have to be there. Uh, but seven, about 70% comes from our own organic search. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What would you say are the biggest challenges, you know, you're, that you're facing, um, you know, within, I mean, maybe within Lounge Lizard, uh, uh, but specifically in the industry? And, and are your competitors facing the same challenges? Yeah, we're all facing the same uh, the same challenge. And to be transparent and honest, it's about resources. You know, it's everyone's poaching everybody. It's yeah. it's it's insane. Um, and and we've I've especially seen the uptick, uh, you know, from from COVID because COVID really drove digital marketing through the roof. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we grew. Um, we put another million dollars. A year, on top of the revenue, um, just from that, and for with that comes resources, right? And <laughs> with us, you're like, you you get it, you know, you know, and yeah, 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 you can relate. Mm-hmm. And you know, and for us, it's you know, it's not just a resource; it it's a quality resource. I mean, the kind of design work that we do at Lounge Lizard, it's very high, it's super high end. So, not any. We have to be very, very choosy. And of course, the big agencies are gobbling these folks up. So poaching is a big thing. Um, you know, we, we've been getting our employees poached um, a lot. In, in fact, uh, mm-hmm. it happened again today, um, which um, which it happens. You know, it, listen, it, it happens. So what we have done to kind of counteract that is we've looked at other countries. Um, other countries, mm-hmm. um, I, I love... Uh, Argentina, uh, mm-hmm. South America, yeah, uh, for South America design, is fantastic. Yep, there's yep, just yep. in the culture. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. They uh, these folks mm-hmm. have such a design flair, but yeah, we're mm-hmm. we're getting poached because you know we're we're seen all over the place. We're in the top mm-hmm. directories. We're in top search. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're the, we're the guys right. who would have great staff. So people are at, you know they're coming after them. So, so, you know, that's a really good segue. Uh, I was to, and we'll come back to some of the other questions I have, but that's a great segue to start talking about. You've got about 50 employees now. Um, let's talk a little bit about your talent strategy, Ken, um, and why people are getting poached from you. Sure. So I, I think that we're, um, you know, we're definitely that design beacon of quality uh, mm-hmm. and other agencies want 
what we do, which is very, very high-end design. So th- they want that. So we're constantly recruiting. I mean, on a daily okay. basis, on a daily Good. basis, um, you know, co-founder of Lanchester, Sharon, she is recruiting all day long, um, looking for the best talent and not just design, but in digital marketing and also project managers, mm-hmm. you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting poached across the board. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, but we do have a lot to offer that a lot of folks are staying at Lounge Lizard for, uh, if I could share with you a couple a couple reasons that we've been successful in employee retention. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the number one thing is money. Um, we we pay very well. We pay very well. If you're working at a big Madison Avenue agency in New York as a designer or as a project manager or developer, um, we are matching we are matching those salaries. We're absolutely matching those salaries one for one. We're, we're very abreast of what the going salary trends are for each of the different categories right. of our staff. So, so we pay, we pay. Uh, the second is um, COVID pushed us into being a 100% remote company. We have all of these offices, Carol. No, nobody's there. Um, I'm, I'm talking today in the Long Island office because it's, well, it's around the corner from my house and, you know, and man and wife and two owners of a company being in the same house. We, we need a little separation, you know, you need that separation of, uh, you know, cause we're together all the time and, uh, it's a good place, um, for me to be here. And so the work-life balance, work-life balance, we have the work-life balance and that's what we can offer. It's a hundred percent remote job, which is really people love. I mean, they can you know mm-hmm. play with their dog or listen, go out for a dentist appointment. And we, we're not time watchers. We don't overlook people. We're not micromanagers. We let people just, we hire competent people to do the job. Right. And let them do their job. And let right, them do their course. job and leave them alone. They're adults. They should be able to yes, do their job I, without, without being micromanaged. Yeah. Leave them alone. <laughs> And leave them alone. So, so we're trying our best, and, and it seems to you know be working. But sure, you know the poachers are coming in, the recruiters are coming in because it's a, it's it's resource strapped. Right. So I, I I need to push back on you on something that you said. Sure. Um, you said money is the number one thing. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and it's and maybe it depends on maybe it's that's innate the nature of your business specifically that because the the problem yes money's important right we uh, all need to make a living sure um, but I certainly know people who have gone from one job to another and made a little less money because of the quality of life or you know they hated their boss that they were working for or you know any number of other issues right and and of course the issue becomes when money's the number one thing it's a whole lot easier to poach people away and just say here I've got more money for you come work for me so i guess my question is is that who you're hiring people who really just care only about money oh no 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 or that that's their most important thing so the next time somebody comes and offers them more money they're out the door right well we've been hearing the money word a lot lately carol because of just okay. inflation just in the current mm-hmm. state well, the, that's i mean that's a reality the economy. Right? Um, yeah we've all had to raise our prices we, because we've, of it. <laughs> we've been feeling that that the money topic is uh of importance to people because of mm-hmm. inflation because they have families mm-hmm. to support uh the peanut butter is more expensive the gas is more expensive 
Um, so that was the only reason I brought that up. Um, prior prior to inflation, no, it was more about really um, we're finding the happier um, staff members are the ones that really enjoy the work life balance. You know, mm-hmm. the ones yeah. that um, we 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 do we have one. You know, a couple of employees that will, we have one, actually our VP who he works out of his garage. He's a car guy as his car is there. Um, <laughs> another one that, uh, that goes to the beach. Great. You know, does a little surfing. Awesome. You know, all about it. So, so we're really cool, cool with that. But um, I was just more referring to the, the current inflation, which is bringing people are coming more to us now about, Hey, I, I kind of, you know, I need more more money. It's, it's, it's not enough. Yeah. Do you find when people leave, do you do like an exit interview? Um, and do you think that they're actually being authentically honest with you? Sure. That's a great question. Um, for the most part, I think they are being, they are, they are being honest. Um, for the, uh, folks that are, uh, I guess, you know, in their twenties or so, um, they're leaving because, Listen, they did a couple of years. They got their experience. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go up for a bigger title, right? More, you know, get their experience. That they don't. They listen. I've been here for three years. I'm 25 years old. They want to go. You know, um, to a uh, yeah, yeah. They want to go to someplace, someplace different. Um, you know, a lot of times it's it's with a larger company. You know, so they want to be part of a larger group. You know, that maybe has you know a little bit more in the way of. Uh, of, of benefits and, and more, um, people, you know, they might have hundreds yeah. of employees, you know, that, Oh, I want right. to work with hundreds of employees and see what, yeah, well, let's, that's okay. Yeah. That's right. There's, you know, there's, and, and I mean, there's, and we can talk more about that, but those are, you know, those are really great questions. And, and sometimes if you're hiring, especially if you're hiring out of college, they don't really know what they want yet. Yeah. Right. You know, they don't know that they want to work for some giant agency. Right. Exactly. Um, and it takes them two or three years to figure that out. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, what, if anything, bugs you about your industry? Oh, what bugs me about my industry? Well, I think what bothers me about the industry is the commoditization, like the uh, kind of of websites. It's the factory website that goes out um, that what happens, Carol, is it puts a perception in people's minds that, oh, it's just a website. Well, what do you mean you started 40,000? It's just a website. <laughs> that bothers me. That bothers me because- It's just a website. I, it's, it's just, you know, you listen, you just say, you know, you put a picture up. What do you mean? It should take you a couple, of, a day, really. Like, it's just, it's just a website. Um. You know, that bothers me, obviously, because, you know, that's not what we do. And sometimes it upsets me. Like, don't don't you see the quality on our website? Don't you see that, you know, you're, you're stepping into like the sacks for the avenue of, of web design? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, so that does bother me um, for sure. And, uh, you know, there's a couple agencies that um, that do bother me, Carol, uh, that will do pay-per-click advertising and they'll buy your name or they'll say, you know, looking for lounge lizard, try us. It's like, really? <laughs> really? Sneaky bastards. Like, yeah, I'm not going to mention the name, but there's an agency. <laughs> no, it, it, you shouldn't. No, yeah, right. of course not. But, you know, it was <laughs> sneaky stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess what also bothers me is 
click bots, you know, you know, you, you, you do pay-per-click and you, you try to get out there and just literally we've tried to do it and competitors, it's so competitive, our industry, um, yeah. our budget will be burnt out in an hour. And the budget was, I think maybe 500 a day and in an hour, it'll be, it'll be gone. And Google will be like, oh, sorry. I'm like, yeah, can't you see that's uh, an algorithm bots. of click bots? Yeah, like, right, I can't right, right, give right. me my money back. Um, so, so that, yeah. you know, that bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can't say I blame you. I, you know, anytime, anytime someone yeah. has approached me for, you know, in the past on pay-per-click, I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't. Tr- I don't trust it. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, and, and, and you shouldn't. It's uh, people yeah. pay people to click too. It's, that's right. That's right. You know, and the next thing you know, you've pissed away a yes. ton of money, and and you don't have a single phone. And you don't call have anything. Or, you know, appointment. Right. Yeah. Um. What do you tend to see when clients come have come to you? What do you tend to see that they have wasted their time and money on prior to joining you? That's a that's a great question. Um, a lot of clients do not look at their data, and let me explain. So they will not look at factors like, okay, how many people are coming to my website? How long are they staying? Um, are they getting into, if we even have one, a, a click funnel? Um, what is my conversion rate optimization metrics like my cost per lead? Right. Um, or not measuring when you get a customer, what is your cost per, your CAC, your cost per acquisition cost? They're not looking at the metrics of the website. They're also not looking at really, uh, well, some clients, a lot of them too, Carol, but a lot of them don't look at the opportunity of, of SEO when it comes to content and because they're not abreast of what's happening today uh, with Google and the algorithms and the importance of really thought leadership, robust content, that it kind of makes sense for the bot to deliver, to go out and deliver to the users high-ranking websites because they have authoritative, very educational right. content. Yep. They're not mm-hmm. they're not seeing that, but they're wasting a lot of time on not looking at the numbers and the data. So websites, not, it's not all about visual design and beauty. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But it's also about numbers. It's a business and maximizing clicks to conversions. They're not looking at mm-hmm. the true metrics and they're not setting up data dashboards of all of their KPIs and their success mm-hmm. metrics mm-hmm. and measuring their marketing spend against all of those metrics in a data dashboard. So it's really about numbers and business is about numbers, right? It's about numbers. So, um, that's that's something that I'm seeing that a lot of companies are are not doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm going to step back here for just a minute. You know, we talked about turnover. What would you say currently? Well, let's let's look at sort of the whole the life cycle of your company over 25 years. You know, are you saying you're experiencing more? Tu- are, are, are you experiencing more turnover now than you have in the past? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Due to what's going on right now? Okay. 100%. Digital mm-hmm. just gets what, bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, did this so when did when did when did this turnover 
really start? Um, and what percentage of turnover are you having currently, would you say? Um, sure. The turnover is is fairly low. I would say it's probably about five, maybe 5% or so. It, That's really good. It's, it's low. Sharon, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I tell companies if we can get you to under 10% churn, you're doing a great job. I mean, somewhere under 10%, 5%. I mean, you can't do much better than that. Yeah. You really can't. And you know what it is? Um, the staff likes Sharon and I, they like us. We're we're good people. We're, we're nice. We we treat people with respect. We're real people. Like I said before, Carol, we don't micromanage people. We let people have a life. Mm -hmm. If someone wants to take off and to do whatever, Mm -hmm. come in late. All good. Mm-hmm. You know, all good. We're very easy squeezy and and just nice people, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, uh you know, we've had people over at the house and we try to make it more of a mm-hmm. family atmosphere. Our our vice president of operations, Frank, I mean, he's now a family friend. I mean, we're going out on weekends and uh we're, we're jamming on a guitar together. We're mm-hmm. we're friends. Mm-hmm. We're actually friends. Mm-hmm. Um right. and a lot of people uh in the company we we become friends friends with. So mm-hmm. they say because they they like they like us is mm-hmm. is that's a big that's a big factor it's it's a really big right. and they have direct access to us Carol like direct mm-hmm. access yeah well that's really important you know you know and and as I said in the introduction you know you've got offices in New York which includes Long Island uh, Nashville and DC even yes. though people aren't going into the office yes. yeah um, it, looking at just that and forgetting for a minute about you know, well, I'm looking at South America and to expand into other you know parts of the world sure. with people. How many people do you have in the New York metro area? In the New York metro 50? area, there's probably yeah. about 10 or so. Oh, that's, so that's small. So your smallest office is basically yeah. where you're headquartered. It's, everyone is spread out. Everyone yeah. is, is spread out. Um, and you know, we have we're having people now, uh, especially the younger folks uh, under thirty, moving. Uh, everyone moved to Florida. You know, everyone moved to Florida because they have to go to the office offices. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Nashville, we have Nashville, Washington D.C., Spain. Right. We we, we had uh, uh, mm-hmm. one of our designers been with us for eight years. Eight years. Uh, moved to Spain. We have one of our designers who've been with us since day one of the business opening. 1999, mm-hmm. 1999. Uh, Greg wow. has been with us for for forever, and because of flexibility, he's um, literally a rock star. He's in his band called Carbomb, and 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 he has the flexibility to go on tour, you know. Um, and he's a mobile app developer as well, so he'll do his projects on the road. Yeah, he gets it done. We're good, you know. We're good, and that's you know, he's been with us for. 25 years. So, so I've heard, you know, I'm hearing a lot about your culture as you're talking about the company and how you do business. How do you maintain a culture with people strewn about so far? Do you, I mean, do you bring everyone in once or twice a year? Sure. So uh, what we've been doing, Carol, is really using Zoom. Uh, we have um, almost daily standups um, in a lot of the departments. Um, we have uh, I would say twice a week we have department meetings on Zoom. Everyone could see, uh, you know, see each other. Um, and, in fact, um, yeah, uh, yesterday one of our designers, our new newest designers, well, no, he's been with us for a couple of years. Um, uh, we brought him onto Zoom. He he doesn't speak much English, 
Uh, so we actually had one of the other staff members um, translate for translate, him to make yep. him feel, you know, part of the family and, and, mm-hmm. stuff, and stuff like that. But the Zoom mm-hmm. is working. The Zoom is, it's really working. Um, I wasn't good with it in the beginning, to be honest with you, because I'm old school. I'm, I've been working in agencies all my life, mm-hmm. walking through right. the halls, seeing people. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked having people right. in the offices, seeing people. So it was a little weird for me. But now it's um, it's actually working to our favor, especially when it comes to sales. Sales really skyrocketed because it used to be just talking to people on a speakerphone. And now mm-hmm. we're talking to people like, oh, and people like to do business with people. They like it either or they don't like right. like us, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that helps as, as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Zoom is not always required, right? No. I mean, you know, certainly for initial meetings. Yes. Um, I think it's important. You know, I still, I still, when it comes to actually working, doing my business, I want to go to my clients. <laughs> you know, and then there are times when I don't need to be in front of my clients. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it gets exhausting sitting behind a computer all day. It. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny. You like know, Zoom call after Zoom call after Zoom call. It's like, ugh, enough already. Yeah. And it's funny, like, there's like this Zoom etiquette too. It's like, oh, if the client comes on a video, turn on your camera. If not, you know, leave it off. I'm finding that there's a little trend right now on Zoom etiquette. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's news to me. I generally am. If I'm, if I'm on a Zoom call, I'm, I'm on camera. Yep. <laughs> you know, otherwise you might as well just be on the phone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, what's the point? Um, so, you know, where where 25 years in, where do you see yourself uh, or do you see yourself investing in resources for, you know, like continued growth here over the next year or so? Sure. So um, we are. You've, as you've said Sharon's constantly recruiting. Yes. Yeah, Sharon's, <laughs> you know, constantly recruiting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, constantly, uh, you know, pushing uh, retainer driven business. Um, you know, she, she was really a big, um, and one thing I kind of have to say is, you know, when I started the business, it was really a lot of project-based business, uh, project-based business. Um, you know, so I'm the creative guy, the marketing guy, and, you know, uh, Sharon's the business head, you know, so she's really been the one to push retainers. So for the first kind of half of the business, um, you know, Sharon was bringing up our, our son who has autism. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. wasn't in the business as much in the beginning, in the beginning days. Um, so when Sharon came in, she's like, what's going on? You know, the revenue is going up, it's going down, it's going up, it's going down. It's mm-hmm. all project mm-hmm. base. So her first thing is, you know, after we got William from low functioning autism to uh, Asperger's high function because of her, actually. Um, yeah, she wrote a, some software on it. She was speaking speaking on the topic of autism, and you know she really pushed the um, reoccurring business model, which is something that I I wasn't seeing. I wasn't like seeing it. Well, we're getting so many projects. We're making you know really good revenue. We just got Nikon. We're getting this. We're getting that. Um, but when you know when the crap hits the fan and the economies things happen, right? That reoccurring contracts is what always keeps you, you know, in business. So I guess, you know, if anybody's listening, you know, that that is the key to financial stability is contracts. It could be you have a hundred people paying you a hundred dollars a month. That's fun, whatever it may be. It's re- the, that reoccurring. Right. Well, that's the insurance model. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if somebody was looking and thinking they wanted to get into your industry, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Sure, sure, sure. So I guess um, 
One would be is to figure out who you want to be, whether you want to be um, for small startups and small businesses, medium size or or large. You have to kind of pick a category that you right. want to be in. Mm-hmm. Then what my advice would be is to take, you know, the top 10 companies in those categories and reverse engineer them, their strategies. How, how do they market themselves? Go to spyfoo.com. What, what, what are their organic keywords? Are they buying keywords? Right. What is their right. marketing strategy? How are mm-hmm. they positioning themselves? What kind of vertical markets are they, are they going after? You might mm-hmm. find like, wow, in the small business sector, I'm not seeing anybody going after, I'm just making this up, accounting firms. I'm not right. seeing a lot of that. Oh. Good niche. Niche. Yeah, right. Find, right. find the niche. Build the mm-hmm. niche. Right. But don't put all right. of your eggs in one basket with that niche. Mm-hmm. Branch mm-hmm. out to others because if that niche falls apart one day, you have lots of other different um, you know, vertical markets. So it's, it's really about reverse engineering who's out there um, trying to create uh, some differentiator you know, you know, for yourself. Um, and SEO. I mean, SEO is a long-term game. We, we've been in the business for 25 years. We're still working on it. It's a right. long-term game. You know, try to buy a website domain with some equity. You know, don't start starting from scratch with zero domain authority. It's going to be a rough road. You got to spend a lot of money in marketing to get, you know, to get leads. Mm-hmm. So as we finish up, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of your side hustles. <laughs> sure. I know, I know that uh, you're a guitarist and you are into jujitsu <laughs> and and you are a kayaker and you like to fish from your kayak. Yeah. And you've also got some side business hustles. Tell me a little bit about that, all that. Uh, sure. So, um, yeah. So I'm into martial, uh, into martial arts. Um, and I just recently kind of retired from competing um, in all the IBJJF, uh, you know, uh, championships. Uh, I've been traveling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I'm a brown belt. And um, sure, fishing, yeah. Fishing. I've been fishing since I was a little kid, since I was mm-hmm. three years old. Fishing. Uh, that is a, a true, true passion of mine. And now it's about, about being on the kayak, going under bridges, fishing shadow lines in the middle, uh, kind of in the you know in the middle of the of the night. So I kind of like that. Um, and I guess as far as you know, side side hustles, side hustles. So you know, I've tried a lot of other kind of businesses. And and failed a lot of times too, Carol. A lot of times I failed, and I like failure because failure. If you look into it, you learn from it. That's right. You get stronger right. moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I've started a clothing line uh, called Old Stud. I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread because I'm, I'm like I'm like I'm fifty I'm fifty five. Look at me, I'm a stud. I'm competing. I'm doing all this martial arts stuff. I'm fighting. I'm yeah. an old stud. Um, but that didn't take off. So I, I have the website up. I don't think people want it to be associated with old on their, on their shirt. There you go. But, you know, we gave it, we gave it a shot, uh, tried the whole mobile app game thing. They called Fidgy. It's like this fidget spinner. You know, we tried that, tried a lot of different things, but, uh, you know, I still have more, more, uh, snakes in my head for other things. I want to start producing mm-hmm. some children's books. That was a passion of mine. I've always, awesome. always wanted to kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, do that, and I've been doing a little bit of. St- actually, I started dabbling right before COVID in stand-up comedy. So I, I did a couple uh, gigs, 
uh, then COVID hit, but I'm back writing and I'm going to be back on the stage probably in about two months or so. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you are you doing stuff out on the island or in the city? Um, in Both in New York City and, and Long Island. So uh, I did a couple shows, uh, you know, small things at New York Comedy Club, you know, and, and, and you know, and totally bombed and I'm not going to say I'm good, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> so in the spirit of uh, always be recruiting, if somebody listens to this, yeah. um, that says this, I love, I love this company. I'd, I'd love to investigate working for them. What should, what's the step they should take? Sure. The step they should take is just go to lounges.com and just fill out that form. You know, it's a sales form, but to say, Hey, I love your site. We we've, we've hired people by just filling out our form, uh, showing some interest in working for us. And it'll put a link into your portfolio or maybe some sites that you developed mm-hmm. or if mm-hmm. you're a project manager, a little bit of your background, uh, drop in your resume and uh, it'll go to Sharon and I'm sure she'll, it'll be open eyes. <laughs> awesome. Um, anything that I haven't asked you about that you want to share? Uh, no, I, you know, I, I think you've asked some really pointed questions. Uh, I think we had a great conversation, uh, that was open and honest, which I, I really appreciate a lot. Your, your, your whole format of your, of your show. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate you inviting me on the show and, uh, for the opportunity. Well, gosh, what, what, what left is there to say on that note? <laughs> Ken Braun, co-founder of Lounge Lizard Worldwide. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.